This is the Cubicle Renegade podcast session number 16. Welcome to the Cubicle Renegade podcast, where unfulfilled desk jockeys become fearless entrepreneurs. Learn from corporate escapees and world changers who are successfully building businesses that matter. Here's your host, Caleb Wojcik. Hey everyone, this is Caleb. In this session, I sit down with Steve Cam, founder of nerdfitness.com. We talk about a ton of different stuff, his journey from a desk job to then working for a company he really loved, and then why he actually ended up leaving the company he loved to do his own thing online. We also get into fitness and health and eating and the best ways to stay on top of all of them while you are a busy entrepreneur. So let's dive right into this session. Hey everybody, today we're sitting down with Steve Cam, who's the founder of nerdfitness.com, where he helps nerds, quote, level up their life through eating right, exercise, mindset, and apparently a bunch of April Fool's jokes, which we'll get into later. Um, He's self-published fitness, strength, and running guides. He has a highly successful iPhone app that helps people eat on the paleo diet. He's also done a lot of travel hacking all around the world. So thanks for joining us today, Steve. Caleb, what's up, man? I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, and so Steve and I hung out, was it two weekends ago? Yeah, just to watch basketball for like twelve hours, like guys were meant <laughs> to do. I think so. Twelve hours, I think. Yeah, it was so, awesome. It was so I know Steve's background, but we're gonna we're gonna cover that a little bit for you guys. So Steve, where did you grow up and go to school and like to do as a kid? Sure. Uh, born and raised in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Uh, technically, I'm actually from a town called Sandwich. Um, to be more specific, <laughs> East. I'm from East Sandwich. And uh, yes, there is a South sandwich and a regular sandwich, but there is no North sandwich nor West sandwich. Why? That I don't really know. But yeah, I was <laughs> born and raised in East Sandwich, Massachusetts. Um, growing up, I was always very active. Like I loved playing. You know, I, I pretty much played every sport possible when I was growing up. I was uh, basketball, football, um, soccer, baseball, golf. I pretty much played everything. But I was also a huge nerd. Like I loved video games. I loved Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario 3, uh, eventually moving on to Super Nintendo, like uh, Secret of Mana and Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy, Earthbound, all those great role-playing games. Uh, so I guess the the foundation was set from an early age for me to be the guy that helped nerds get healthy because I was hugely passionate about both things. I loved exercise and I loved being active. Um, and I also happen to really love really nerdy stuff, and uh, yeah, so that I guess that was the that was the beginning of it. Um, and then I just kind of developed over there. You know, I went to I went to Sandwich High School, um, and at Sandwich High School, I was cut from my high school basketball team because I was like five foot ten, a hundred pounds, and couldn't dribble with my left hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no business being on a basketball court, so I got cut and went to sign up for a gym membership and quickly realized upon walking into the gym that I had no freaking clue what I was doing, like none whatsoever. So I did the only thing I thought I knew what to do was go to the bench press. Mm -hmm. And I lied down on the bench press and loaded up like 45 pound plates on either side and proceeded to drop the entire weight on my chest and had to like rotate to get the weights to spin off until I could put the bar back up. And uh, one of the more humiliating moments of my life. But that began a six year odyssey uh, journey of sorts from that point of being that skinny, weak, uh, really unsure, lack of self-confidence person um, to somebody that finally figured out how to get healthy. And it took six years of mistakes and doing everything wrong and following the wrong advice until I finally figured out that specifically diet was was 80% of the battle and training very simply with body weight and, and very specific uh, you know, weight exercises, um, could produce so much better, such better results compared to all of that marketing bull crap that you find on TV and, and in, in magazines. Uh, And that's when I decided that nerd fitness needed to happen. I was like, I got it. I got my idea. Like it took me six years of struggling to figure out why and how the body works and, and how to finally get success with this stuff. And after six years of that, I realized if it took me that long, there have to be other people out there like myself that are interested in making changes too, but they just have no idea, um, no idea where to begin. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the, the beginning aspect of, of nerd fitness. Um, and that was, that was years ago. Uh, that was probably say five. No, that was probably about six years ago, uh, six, seven years ago when I, when I came up with the initial idea and then it's just, and then I've ended up buying the domain about five years ago and progressing beyond there. Oh, and I realized I forgot to mention, uh, I went to 
Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee, which is currently where I'm residing right now. And my degree was in economics. So how I ended up running a fitness website, I <laughs> don't really know. So what was your first job after college? And did that relate at all to what you're doing now? Absolutely not. I So in college, I loved, so growing up, I, I loved entrepreneurship. I was, I, I was the kid, like I, I, I would go to the beach you know, I lived like five minutes from the ocean and I would go to the beach and I would collect quahog shells and I would paint Red Sox logos on the inside of them. And I would <laughs> sell them out in front of my part, out in front of our, you know, my parents' house. And, uh, you know, they were probably very poorly done, but everybody driving by wondered why the kid was doing in the lawn chair. Um, and I ended up, you know, so that, and I was like, I always had like a lawn mowing business or raked leaves or sold lemonade. I sold creepy crawlies. You remember those things back yeah. in the day? <laughs> I sold creepy crawlies uh, out of like my backpack in fourth grade until I got in trouble uh, for selling things on school property. Uh, funny enough, you know, I'm, for, I'm selling like plastic scorpions. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've, I've always been interested in entrepreneurship. And in college, my favorite classes were all my entrepreneurship classes. And the very first thing I did after graduating college was get a soul-sucking corporate sales job. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to work for a company and I sold a construction equipment. So I went to work with, you know, I, I went to like giant construction company conglomerates and, and rented construction equipment to them or sold them new equipment and, and materials and supplies. And, uh, you know, I did it because they gave me a lot of money and a company car and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. You know, I, I knew I loved entrepreneurship, and but I, I had the only thing I knew about entrepreneurs at that point was that you had to create a business plan, go get mm -hmm. a boatload of funding, and then hopefully it takes off. And I didn't have that killer idea nor the interest to go groveling at the feet of investment bankers, so I decided to go work for a man. And I went to go work for this construction company, and I and I realized I'm sorry, construction equipment company, and I realized that one sales is not for me. Like I hate selling. I, I love talking to people, but I hate that feeling of having to sell them something. It made me feel like kind of like this used car salesman. Um, and not only that, but I realized that, you know, working for somebody else and having somebody else dictate where I had to be and how my time was spent was just not going to line up with the life that I wanted to live. So I worked for them for about a year and a half. Um, and I remember the moment I, I had to quit. Uh, or the moment I decided to quit, it was about a month after that when I quit, our sales trucks, they installed the GPS tracking devices on them. And I remember my boss called me one morning at 7.05 because he saw on his computer that my truck had not left my garage yet. And apparently I was supposed to leave at 7 a.m. So he called me up and said, I see you're still at home. Why yes. haven't you left yet? And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I, I was, I've never been more um, just horrified at my, my future prospects with this company than at that moment. So that's when I made the decision like, okay, something's going to have to change. Uh, there's no way in hell I'm doing this for another 40 years. I need to figure something out. Uh, and I went on my lunch break and I stumbled across, I think it must have come out like that week, uh, Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week mm -hmm. and bought the book, read it cover to cover and just had immediately like the doors blown off what I thought was possible as far as building a micro business or a small business online. Uh, and that's right around, you know, I'd already kind of come up with this idea for, for fitness and, and helping people get healthy. Um, but reading that book really was the, the deciding factor. Like, look, I'm a huge nerd. I like fitness. Let's see if I can combine the two and create this a really small niche um, where I can overlap. Uh, and then we can get into uh, the, the next job after that. I'm assuming, was that going to be your next question? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I decided, right, look at this. I'm reading your mind right now. Um, <laughs> so I decided that while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with this online business, um, I had to go to work for a company that I really respected and go to work for a company that made me happy. And I decided to move away from California, moved with my moved with two of my best friends from college to a, an apartment in Atlanta, Georgia. And while looking for new jobs there, I was checking like investment banking jobs and consulting and IT consulting and healthcare consulting jobs on Monster and Career Builder. And honestly, all of them made me want to vomit just right. looking at them. And I remember going to one of the interviews and talking to a lady and she was in this cubicle or like this. And she was like, yeah, well, technically, you know, our, our, our inside sales people are here for about five years, cold calling. And then after that, then they move up to this cubicle where they're doing outside sales and then they whatever. And I was just listening to it. And like, 
she didn't even believe this crap she was telling me. Like you yeah. could hear what she was saying and trying to like get behind it, but she, you know, she would, she had already checked out and uh, really kind of disappointed me with the potential prospects I had. Luckily I decided to check Craig, check Craigslist. And I, there was a job description for said looking for marketing assistant must be willing to travel, love music and be creative or something. And I mm -hmm. clicked on the link to the website and it was a company that chartered concert cruises. Like they chartered full cruise ships with 2,500 people and 30 bands and turned them into floating music festivals. And I was like, wait a second, they want, I'm gonna, I can go work for those guys. <laughs> and uh, so I emailed them and said, hey, I'm gonna be in Atlanta next week. I would love to come in for an interview. I'm, I live in San Diego, California, but I'm moving to Atlanta. And they're like, well, we're trying to fill a position um, sooner than that. But yeah, if you can make it, you know, we got your resume, it looks great. And can you fill out this questionnaire? And they gave me this really great questionnaire of like, you know, if you could have any superhero power, what would it be? If you could, um, what's your favorite movie and how did it, has it impacted your life? Like really like personality type questions. Mm -hmm. And I came in for my interview and it was me and four, four women from the marketing department uh, went bowling and drank beer. And like, that was my second, that was, your interview. That was my second round interview with these guys. Cause they're like, look, we, we know you're qualified, um, but we need to make sure you can fit in. You know, it's a lot of this aspect, a lot of this company is very social. Like you need to go on cruises and, 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 and talk to people and introduce bands. And, mm -hmm. and when you're not doing that, you're going to be writing, doing creative work and helping us with the entire production process of putting on such an event. I was like, God, this sounds like the greatest thing in the entire <laughs> world. So I finished the interview, flew back to California. And about a week later, they called me up and said, all right, we need you next week. So walked into the office in San Diego, gave them the keys to my company car and said, all right, guys, sorry, I'm moving to, moving to Atlanta. Got a great job. Um, and actually took like a 50% pay cut uh, to go Jeez. work for this new company. But honestly, dude, I could not have been happier. Like it was, it was probably maybe uh, other than eventually starting Nerd Fitness, maybe the best decision I've ever made. Mm -hmm. And so when along that line did you start Nerd Fitness and were you doing it on the side for how long? Sure. Uh, so actually, I had actually already bought the domain Nerd Fitness when I was in San Diego. So although I went to work for this other company, Nerd Fitness was always this idea in the back of my head that eventually I was going to work on. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it specifically. Uh, fortunately, it was right around this time I discovered Chris Gillibo's uh, 279 Days to Overnight Success mm -hmm. free ebook. And I read it and he talked about how he just kind of started writing and built a little community and then asked them what he could help them with and then created products and services around those things. And I was like, huh, all right. Like, that doesn't sound too scary. Like, right. I think I can do that. Um, so I just started writing articles and writing things about nerdy topics that interested me and fitness ideas and providing fitness tips and things like that. And uh, slowly but surely, you know, I, I would work all day long at the, at the cruise job and then I'd come home at night and work on the fitness thing. And I did that for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And at that point, the company kind of restructured, the, fit, the, uh, the cruise company kind of restructured and, and things started to get incredibly busy there and nerd fitness had started to take off. And ultimately I made the decision. I was like, look, I completely understand. You know, I ended up working for that company for about two and a half years. So it was after about a year of working for them, I finally started Nerd Fitness uh, officially. Mm -hmm. uh, but I worked for them for about a year and a half while, you know, did a year and a half of both. And then realized that um, I, I could not continue down that path and that one of them was going to have to give. And, you know, my passion and my the, the thing that I felt like I was meant to do, the thing that had made me most excited at that point was nerd fitness, even though it hadn't made a single dollar yet. So I, I knew my time was limited. And rather than continue working for the cruise company and give them less than 100% and give nerd fitness less than 100%, I decided to walk away. I had like a couple thousand bucks saved up and said, you know, I posted on nerd fitness, hey guys, I'm quitting the day job to focus on nerd fitness full time. Next week or next month, I'm putting out my first ebook. Hopefully you guys check it out. And uh, we can, I can continue focusing on this full time. Mm -hmm. And if you don't check it out or whatever, then I'll figure out my next option and figure out another part-time job until I can make nerd fitness work. But I feel very strongly about this community I've built and this thing I've done. And I, I would love for you guys to, to take an interest and see if this is something you're interested in as far as the, the, the product was concerned. And I ended up selling more of them than I ever imagined in that first week. And, uh, and then from there, it just, you know, was able to continually kind of grow it and, and build up, uh, build up from that point on. And so what are some of the metrics for when you did walk away with no income? Cause that's something that would definitely be scary for me and a lot of other people. What were some of the metrics for how big your audience was, how long you've been 
blogging and things Great like question. that. Great um, question. So honestly, it was, I don't think my audience was, my audience obviously wasn't gigantic. I want to say it was probably about 2000 um, email and RSS. Uh, not gigantic. However, the audience that I did have was like very, very passionate. Like they were- Did you I have could, a forum then? Uh, yes. So we did have a forum, like a very, very passionate, dedicated forum. So the community was very involved. It wasn't just mm -hmm. like a thousand people that were kind of passive, like everybody was commenting and everything and they're all interacting with each other. And I knew a, a tremendous number of them by name. So mm -hmm. although it wasn't a giant number, it was big enough that I felt like, I think I can survive on this. And, you know, I, I, I had already, because I had taken that 50% pay cut, um, I had already learned to live very frugally. Mm-hmm. So in those first couple of months for me to cut expenses even more, all of a sudden I just wasn't driving anywhere. I was cooking all my meals at home because I didn't have to go anywhere for work. I, it was like, I, I can make this happen. Like if I can find a way to make like 1500 bucks a month and pick up some odd jobs in the side here and there, if I have to, like, let's make it work. Um, actually I, I did pick up a couple of fun side jobs. So through my connections with this cruise company that they did a lot of work with can, uh, bands and concerts and, and things, uh, on back-to-back -back nights, one night in Atlanta, I painted the soundstage floor for one of Drake's music videos <laughs> from like midnight until four in the morning on back-to-back -back nights, uh, just to, just to get a couple extra hundred bucks. Um, so I like, I had to go in one night in like this massive studio and I had like this, you know, one of those giant roller things. I had to paint the entire studio white and then I had to come back the next afternoon or the next evening again from like midnight until four in the morning and paint the entire thing black. Uh, and like, that was my job for two days. I was like, all right, I guess this is what's happening. You know, I did other things where I would like help push concert equipment around, like move, you know, help people get things set up for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but those, those jobs honestly were, were more of like a buffer for me to kind of make me feel a little bit better about the financial situation. But honestly, I, I cut my expenses so low that, you know, with that first week of, of, ebook sales, I think it bought me probably about two months of income, uh, which is, which is phenomenal. I wasn't expecting that at all. And then from that, because I bought me two months of income, I could then really just kind of focus on, on adding more people to the site and thus as a result, selling more ebooks and, and continuing that process. Mm -hmm. And so now you have, you have three guides, right? And then mm -hmm. you have, um, you have gear, you have an app. So you're diversifying your income now that you're a few more years into this for sure. What percentage wise, you don't have to give like exact revenue, but like percentage wise income, mainly guides and the app. At yeah, this point. definitely, definitely guides. I want to say guides is probably about 80% of it. Um, the iPhone app is probably about 10%. And then the other 10% is split between uh, merchandise, like t-shirts, sweatshirts, and uh, yeah, a few affiliate stuff, a few, some affiliate things here and there. Like, like some the, workout gear you recommend. Yeah, some, some workout like things that. that I might represent are uh, on Amazon or, you know, book recommendations through Amazon and things like that. And so I guess this probably comes from the nerd part of you because I know with video games and stuff like that, there's always forums online and like people going to get help and to talk about games before they come out and all that kind of stuff. Is that kind of the inspiration you had for starting the forum at Nerd Fitness? I think, yeah, that's a, that's a great way of putting it. I, I had been a member of a number of forums, specifically, I think the one that I probably the most posts on, and it was never like a drastic number, but uh, I was a huge fan of IGN's um, forums, specifically talking about mm -hmm. video games. And I just saw, you know, you can see how passionate people are and how, what, what a strong friendship people can make, even though they've never met because they're spending all day online with each other. And with nerd fitness, I didn't want to be the Tim Ferriss. Like I didn't want to be that guru at the top that dished out information that people mm -hmm. then followed and went along with. I wanted to be a guy in the community with everybody else struggling with the same things and having everybody work together and kind of interact. And that was not possible with just a normal blog. People could leave comments on other, other people's comments and posts, but mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until we launched the, the forum that I think the community aspect of nerd fitness really took off. And that's probably honestly, probably the, maybe the, the, the single thing I'm most proud of uh, that just the tight cohesive um, supportive community that nerd fitness has developed. It's just mind blowing to me on, on, on how, how supportive and how great everybody is in it. And so before we dive into your advice on fitness and eating and stuff like that, let's talk a little bit more about how you grew the blog. Cause you're at nearly 50,000. Yeah. I get about, uh, well, it was, um, I think it was at 50,000 yesterday. <laughs> and then after my April fool's. Okay. Party, well go ahead and explain your April fool's joke. Cause this is pretty timely and then we can talk a little bit more. Okay. So yesterday, so nerd fitness, I'm, I'm very anti 
like big business, anti-normal fitness websites, anti-supplements, anti-ads, anti-products, like any of that crap, like any any mainstream fitness stuff, I, I despise it. So mm-hmm. I, I had an idea yesterday on Nerd Fitness where I made a post that after years of hard work and and months of back and forth negotiation, Nerd Fitness was acquired by this giant health food conglomerate. <laughs> <laughs> And, and as a result of that, like I, I made up like some ridiculous changes, like we, you know, a, a focus group consisting of of people that had never seen Star Wars determined that the Nerd Fitness Rebellion, for the name of our community, was was too controversial. <laughs> and as a result, we had to rename ourselves the Fun Fit Group, and uh, that our forums were going to be like 19.99 a month, and that we were going to be sponsored by the supplement that like lowered your sex drive and. I mean, like all like these. I had to move to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and that that part was funny. I had to move. To, <laughs> I had to move to Scranton, and uh, I was going to be developing a series of infomercial products with QVC, like uh, Nerd Fitness uh, energy drinks and Nerd Fitness see-through yoga pants and Nerd Fitness <laughs> Nerd Fitness uh, protein vodka that was uh, in partnership with Kesha, like. Uh, and <laughs> and then at the end, I mentioned that people, you know, I sold the entire company for five thousand dollars in a DeLorean. Uh, unfortunately, you know, due to the nature of of the internet and with people being busy at work while kind of half reading, I want to say maybe seventy percent of the people got the joke, uh, or maybe sixty percent of the people got the joke. Twenty percent of the people didn't get the joke until they got to the end, and then they got the joke, and then the other twenty percent did not get the joke. So, um, I got we ended up with about five hundred comments on the article hundreds of emails, hundreds of Facebook messages, hundreds of tweets, and ended up with like 400 something people unsubscribing from the email list because they <laughs> thought I was serious. So uh, yes, as of yesterday, we were definitely over 50,000. And then I think by the end of the day, we we're at like 49,800. <laughs> so we lost 400, gained another 300, something like that. So uh, uh, unfortunately, um, it... <laughs> Certainly a funny story. Obviously, I wish I had done it in a way. Apparently, I wasn't obvious enough because at the end I said like "Happy April 1st," and I should have said like in capital letters and underlined "Happy April Fool's Day." Uh, but you know, it's kind of funny and uh, uh, something I would clearly never forget. And and those that that hopefully stumble and find their way back to nerd fitness will definitely find that things haven't changed. That it was in fact an April Fool's joke. Yeah, and I saw that you updated actually the title of that post to yes, say I "April Fools," wonder- and so it's like. So you could stop getting emails and stuff. Right, I can stop. I mean, dude, it was hundreds of emails and people emailing me like, dude, I can't believe you sold out. And what were you thinking? And I hope this works out for you, but I'm leaving Nerd Fitness forever. And blah. And I had to email them back like, dude, it was a joke, man. Read the whole thing. And they email back like, I am an idiot. Wow, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Like, I can't believe I called you that. And oh, I just love Nerd Fitness. I was crying until I realized it was a joke. I was like, damn, you guys must really love this Nerd Fitness thing. So that actually made me feel pretty good to see how, like even though these people didn't realize it was a joke, um, it was pretty cool to see. Uh, like how much it mattered to them. How much they, how much it mattered to them exactly. And that's that's part of the thing that I really like about Nerd Fitness and I reference it to people all the time because <laughs> of how much fun it is to like read and be a part of and how much it's like a tight-knit community that you don't get on other sites specifically fitness sites, but just yeah, thanks, other man. blogs in general. And so, I mean, some of the things you do are you write really personal stuff. When you write about travel, you share your adventures and things like that. So people get to know you. What are some of the other things you like to do on there uh, content wise to like add your personality to it? Yeah, honestly, I think that was the, bi- that was the biggest change I made. Uh, I remember after nine months, I had like 90 subscribers, like just the article, the the site was just kind of going nowhere. I was I was writing five articles a week, and I was writing really short, uh, generic fitness articles because that's what I read all like the big fitness websites and Yahoo mm-hmm. Health. Like that's the stuff that they were writing. And I was like, oh, I guess if this is what they're doing, I'll do it. And I would mix some nerdy references in here and there, but not really get 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 uh, very extensive with it. And I remember stumbling across Adam Baker and his articles like how to not suck at blogging. Mm-hmm. And I read it and like I went through his checklist of things and I noticed like, holy crap, I suck at blogging. Like I'm not, <laughs> like every one of the things he said, I was like, I am, it's exactly what I'm doing. And I, I, I can't believe I'm not doing that or I should be doing this. And uh, so almost overnight after reading that, like I made a, a decision. I was like, I'm going to change how nerd fitness works. And instead of writing those five super short articles, I switched to two 
really long articles. Now articles are anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000 words a piece. Every article probably has at least 30 links built into it, mm-hmm. half of which are to previous nerd fitness posts, the other half of which are to YouTube videos or comic books or to uh, YouTube videos of animals, you know, of like of like baby animals for no reason other than like it's just kind of funny. Uh, I tried to take like, you know, I wasn't, I noticed I wasn't speaking in the voice that I use out loud. Like I was writing in this kind of formal, not formal, kind of goofy, not really uh generic like you were trying to fake it you felt like. i was i was definitely trying to fake it and and it didn't work and at, because i was faking it i think it probably showed in my writing and it wasn't until i finally was like dude let's just go all out like let's go let's go full nerd on this thing and see what happens and then all of a sudden i was like all right let's write three thousand words on the legend of zelda or like let's write about super mario brothers or why going to the gym is like going into the death star like get really nerdy with this stuff and mm-hmm. and have some fun with it and as soon as i made that change like readers 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 started to show up much quicker i started to get some shout outs from much bigger bloggers that had kind of kept an eye maybe you know i emailed them through nerd fitness um but it wasn't until uh i i'd finally like found my voice that they were like all right dude like you're you're on the path like you're getting there and baker was one of those guys that was just really really supportive and very helpful and um and, and helped me see like look you're doing the right thing and you're following you're you're following down this right path just keep doing what you're doing and keep sharing this content in a way that it's it's contagious like we can tell when you're writing about something that you care about and these articles that you're writing now it's obvious to see and you know so i think that was a big aspect of it the other thing that that i make sure to do um, is that i'm very very specific in what sort of advice i offer like people in fitness and diet and stuff they are so terrified of making a mistake mm-hmm. same thing with building a business or starting something new like you are so scared of you're so afraid of making a mistake that you oftentimes don't do anything people will tell you like oh you need to eat less and move more or like try this thing or that thing and uh they just they don't do these things so because they're not doing these things um they need to uh definitely lost my train of thought there <laughs> the heck am i talking about wait for it Wait for because, it. Because people need to do Got it. Things. Specific. Okay. So essentially, to, to get back on the topic, underpants gnomes. <laughs> um, so essentially, if you guys are familiar with uh, the South Park episode about the underpants gnomes, these gnomes would sneak into people's houses and they would collect, steal people's underwear and get them in a giant pile because they were building a business. And step one was collect underpants. Step three was profit, but they never figured out what step two was. <laughs> right? So people are reading fitness advice and they're so scared of like oh do i do i take more advice or not they're just collecting a pile of underpants they're they're reading more information but they're never actually taking action so i made a very specific and conscientious effort to provide people with advice and very specific actionable advice that they can take like here is a workout do this thing right now go go walk in the other room and do 10 push-ups and then 10 squats and then and then eat these four things or follow this step-by-step plan. And it removed a lot of that guesswork for people and it made it a lot less scary for them. They were like, oh, this isn't too bad. I just got to follow the numbers. Like, you know, it's, it's like almost like a paint by numbers. You just got to follow the, you just follow the instructions or a, a Mad Libs or whatever. You just follow the instructions and work your way through it. And by the end of it, you're where you need to be. So I, I think overall, the big changes that I made were being very specific with my advice and making that advice very actionable, things that people can do that day without requiring equipment or going out to buy something. They could just do it at home. Um, I was very, very helpful in just always doing what I can to to make sure I was providing a unique angle on on this whole fitness and diet thing. And last but not least, like you said, just be very personal and personable and make sure that my personality, which is as as you know, as we've hung out in person, can be all over the place in person, like trying to throw some of that all over the place. I mean, I, geez, I just forgot what I was talking about three minutes ago, halfway through a sentence. I am a little scatterbrained. Um, so like throwing those things into articles, like if it's a very serious topic, I'll put references, like I'll put Lego pictures in there, even though it's about like this really serious diet uh, advice or something, or mm-hmm. I'll link to a YouTube video uh, from Arrested Development and throw like a reference to something from from that or something from The Simpsons just to lighten the mood and let people know like, hey guys, like I don't take myself too seriously and you don't need to worry about taking, you know, getting overwhelmed and, and kind of d- depressed and, and scared about how this whole fitness thing works. Like it's okay. Like 
we're going to get through this and you're going to have some fun doing it. Like we're going to do some fun exercises. You're going to watch some funny videos and, and step by step, we're going to get you there. And that's one of the things I think that people do is they get overwhelmed by specifically fitness, eating, stuff like that. Just because there's so much information, there's so many different ways to do it. And underpants gnomes, dude. They're just collecting underpants and they're so afraid because there's yeah. such conflicting ideologies. And the best advice is to pick one and just get started and then figure out the rest as you go, or you're gonna get stuck on step one and never actually make it to step three. Mm -hmm. So so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, let's talk about eating and moving, basically, for busy people. So you're a busy guy. How do you fit in your workouts and like how many do you do a week? Yeah, honestly, it's it's funny. People when I tell people that don't know what nerd fitness is, like I run a fitness website, they're like, Oh dude, you got to meet my friend. Like he's a, he's a, he's a personal trainer and he's like a fitness nut. He is a true fitness nerd. I'm like, that's cool. Like good, good for him. But I'm not a fitness nerd. Like I'm a nerd that happens to like fitness. So like mm -hmm. I only work out three, three days a week for like half an hour, 45 minutes. Uh, and my workouts, I, I can do them in my apartment. Or I'll go to like, a, honestly, I can get my entire workout done with just a pull-up bar. So um, sometimes I like going to a gym and, and picking up heavy weights. But to be honest with you, I, I enjoy being able to work out any point, anytime, anywhere. And getting that workout done in just half an hour. And then on off days, I'll go for a walk or play some basketball or do something fun that doesn't even feel like fitness. Um, mm -hmm. So those are the two big things. You know, I'm a big fan of strength training. And I think that makes every aspect of your life better. And, and then I'm, I'm a big fan of doing what makes you happy. And like, you know, I don't like running, so I don't run. Um, but I love strength training and I love gymnastics and I love playing basketball, even though I'm terrible at it. So those are the things that I do. And other people, mm -hmm. they might hate going to a gym and picking up weights. It's like, go run outside or do yoga or whatever. So I think the biggest thing that people do is that they tell themselves they're too busy for fitness. And that's because they haven't found that activity that they actually enjoy. And they're really just making excuses and De deciding that whatever else they're doing is more of a priority than their actual fitness. So, um, yeah, as, as far as fitness goes and then diet, you know, it's, it's simple. It's, you know, on the, on the, on the lowest possible level, it's, you need to eat less than you're burning, mm -hmm. um, in order to lose weight. Or if you eat more than you're, if you burn less calories than you're consuming, then you're going to gain weight and you can adjust that starting with counting calories figuring out kind of how much you're eating and, and where you should be. And then from there, just making very, very small adjustments along the way to, to, to help build, to help make small, you know, like uh, shifting from, from regular, you know, drinking a six pack of Coke a day to uh, five Cokes a day and then down to four and then down to three and then down to two and then maybe one every other day. And then it's once a week and whatever, like very, very small changes instead of drastic drastic sweeping changes, mm -hmm. just small adjustments, um, shifting what you're eating, minimizing liquid calories and finding a way to, to eat more green things and less things that came out of a box or a drive through When you, when you talk with people or through your courses, do people struggle more with like the how, like the, what exercises I should be doing, stuff like that, or do they struggle with things like why they're doing it or just building the habit? Like, where do you see the biggest mistake with people? I mean, dude, everybody knows you need to eat less and move more. It's not, a, it's not rocket science. Um, it's, it's very simple, actually. It's you need to burn more calories than you're consuming and you will lose weight. The type of calorie that you eat is also important. And people know that. You know fast food is not good for you. You know that you shouldn't be eating thing, eating, eating a box of cookies before dinner. And yet we still do these things. Like humans you know, despite how incredible we are, like we are stubborn jerks and mm -hmm. we are very much creatures of habit. And it's very difficult for us to change those habits, to, to, especially if, if it's been a habit that we've been building for such a long time. Um, you know, everybody, it's, it's, uh, it's funny. People can get to that point where they'll take like two weeks and they'll just go all out. Every day, they'll be perfect. They'll eat everything right. They'll work out for an hour and they'll sleep and what, but because it didn't actually take the time to build the habit in the first place, the second that something goes wrong, everything falls apart. They go right back mm -hmm. to square one. So I think it's far more important to help educate people that like, if you're going to be built, if you're, if your goal is lifelong fitness, if your goal is lifelong health and you're going to watch your great grandkids go up, you need to start putting proper habits in place. 
just like you know, it's almost like in, you know, if you're a young guy, it's like investing in a 401k, uh, starting in your 20s. You can start at any point, and starting at any point is certainly better than not doing it. Mm-hmm. But the earlier you can build these fitness habits, the better off you're going to be when your metabolism starts to slow down, you get a little bit older, and things get more busy. Um, building a habit, dude, is so much more important, and I think such a bigger struggle. Everybody knows, doctors know, you know, doctors know that what, what's healthy and what's not healthy, and yet they still tend to do the same things too. And it's uh, whether our whether whether you are a nerd or a, a you know what whatever walk of life you come from, mm-hmm. you were built by your habits. And if you don't address the fact that these habits need to change in order for you to change who you are on a permanent basis, you're just never going to get there. And so, do you have? one specific habit you tell people to start with or maybe have them pick one? Yeah, I, th- I try to have them pick one um, one fitness habit and one diet habit. Uh, the fitness habit specifically, I'm a big fan of, especially if they're like, really overweight. Like, you know, uh, I've had people that found a site that are like 500 pounds and they're, they're mm-hmm. just telling somebody that's 500 pounds, hey, you need to lose 300 pounds. They're like, yeah, I, I know. Like, that's why I'm here. You know, they don't need to be reminded of these things. Right. Instead, it's like, dude, just... Do, tell, do one thing, put on a pair of shoes and go and walk to your mailbox. And like, that's it. Come back inside and you did it. And then tomorrow, do the same thing. Wake up, put your shoes on and walk five feet past your mailbox and then come back inside and tell me how it went. So mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of walking as a, as a habit builder. Uh, it's something that we do naturally. It's something that is really great for us and something that we certainly don't do enough of in today's modern, you know, day and age. So, um, uh, have uh, specifically, I'm a huge fan of telling people that walking is one of the best habits that you can build on a on a morning basis, and and then and if as you're far someone as- that has like gets distracted easily, like if I go for a walk and I'm like dressed to run, I just start running because it's more exciting. Like personally, mm-hmm. there you go, and that's all it takes. You like and and if you, let's say like you didn't want to run, but you can convince yourself like, all right, I'm gonna go for that five minute walk, and that's it. The toughest part is starting, and you can. If you can get your shoes on and out the front door, 90% of the battle is done. You're already there. It's like, all right, well, I'm already dressed up. You know, As they say in Braveheart, we didn't get dressed up for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you might, you're all dressed up. You might as well get your ass out there and do something. So putting the emphasis on, you know, if you told yourself tomorrow, like, I'm going to start exercising for an hour every day, and then the next day comes around, you only have 55 minutes. You're like, oh, well, I don't have an hour, so I can't exercise. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you could still do 55 minutes and get an incredible – and if you're working out more than more than 45 minutes in a row, then you're not working out hard enough. So, you know, I think what's more important is the habit building itself instead of the actual fitness stuff. As far as diet goes, yeah, honestly, my best advice to people is just on like for your first day or two, just track your calories. Um, just so you have a baseline. A lot of people have no idea how much they're eating. If you're super skinny, you probably severely underestimate uh, I'm sorry, overestimate how much you're eating. And if you are overweight, then you probably underestimate how much you're consuming on a daily mm-hmm. basis. So uh, portion sizes in the US are so blown out of proportion, portion, proportion. Sure, that works. Um, portion sizes are blown out of proportion. There we go. Um, in the US that like you you have no idea how much food you're actually eating. Like if you go to a, go to a restaurant, that's probably two and a half servings on your plate and you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So like taking the time to actually look at the food that you're eating and we all tend to eat the same numbers of foods on a daily basis or you know on a weekly basis you're going to have a pretty good estimate of what sort of calories how many calories you're eating and 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 where you're at and i'm going to guess most people probably don't realize how much more they're eating than they are on top of that when you have to write things down it probably makes you think think twice about spending your time yeah, on I would say if you so, take anything away from this call so far it'd be tracking whether that's workout eating your money, yep. anything. If you just start tracking how you function, like that you're which, just more aware of it. Yeah, that that which is measured gets improved, or however mm. however that phrase goes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I strongly encourage people to track their workouts and track their um, track their workouts, and even just for a couple of days, track their diets, just so they have a baseline, so they know how much they're eating. Like like you know, with with personal finance, if the first if you don't know how much you're spending, then it's going to be really tough to figure out how much you need to save to set aside for something. It's like, mm-hmm. figure it out. Take 10 minutes to write down where your money is going and understand how much of your paycheck is going there and where the rest of it's going. And I bet you it reveals some surprises, whether it's diet or finance, that you weren't expecting. Or more importantly, more pro- probably 
that you knew was there, but you didn't really want to admit to yourself until mm-hmm. you actually see it on paper. Mm-hmm. And so you spent a lot of time traveling. Um, you went all around the world for how long was it again? Uh, geez, I did about, it was like a full year of like backpack travel almost. And then after that, it was like three months at a time in a different city or a different country. And so what exercises did you do while you're on the road to stay in shape? Because I think I remember you saying you were in better shape after traveling full-time for 12 months than you were before. Yeah, it worked out surprisingly well. Uh, so which so, exercises did you do and what kind of things did you eat being in all these random countries? Yeah, it was, you know, I, I tried to eat as many vegetables as possible. Uh, naturally, I'm a very thin guy and being running a fitness website, I wanted to make sure that I looked the part. So I actually had to force myself to eat enough calories. So I can't tell you how many jars of peanut butter and apples and um, glasses of whole milk and uh and, 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 you know, obviously vegetables and things like that, but like some, some calorie dense, but not not awful for you, you know, mm-hmm. calorie dense, but, but, uh, nutrient filled foods, like, you know, whole milk and apples and things like that. Certainly not the best option, but when you're living out of a backpack and in a foreign country, you know, I kind of had to do, I was, I was kind of running this personal experiment on myself to see how much weight and muscle I could build. And I want to say over the course of three months, three, four months to begin with, uh, I probably packed on about 10 pounds of muscle, which I was really proud of because I did it all without one without supplements. Like I didn't have access to protein powder or mm-hmm. uh, creatine or anything like that. It was just just food that I was eating. And then body weight exercises. Every time I got to a new town, I would find a, a playground or something and I would go and do pull-ups and then chin-ups and I would find a wall and do handstand push-ups against that wall. And then I would do one-legged squats and you know, those are all ended up becoming advanced movements. But when I started, I couldn't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. I had to work my way up. And I just made sure like I, I made exercise a, a priority for me, even when I was traveling, like every other day was an exercise day. And there was no excuse. That was just what would happen. I'd set aside half an hour or an hour. I'd go wandering around the town in which I was staying, find a playground, get funny looks from the locals, and then do some pull-ups and, and, and jumping jacks and, and, one-legged squats and and then eventually move on to things like um uh you know handstand push-ups initially it was just regular push-ups and then dive bomber push-ups and uh all these movements that you just continually progressively make them more difficult uh to continue building strength instead of the alternate which would have just been just to keep doing the same type of exercise and just increasing the reps uh, i was very interested in increasing my my overall strength which is why i continue to make the exercises more and more difficult mm-hmm and so what would you say to people that are either trying to get in shape or lose weight just doing like cardio and they don't want to bulk up or mm-hmm. do strength exercises? Well, two things. One, if you're doing cardio and you enjoy it, keep doing it. And if you're doing cardio and you're losing weight and it's working for you, keep doing it. Uh, but if not, I would strongly encourage them to mix in some um, some other opportunities, mixing in specifically some strength training, uh, just because that that would... You know, a, a good friend of mine runs a website called strengthrunning.com, uh, Jason Fitz. And he's, he, you know, he runs the Boston, Boston Marathon, but he also is really, really a big fan of strength training because he knows that it makes his running even better. So even mixing in like one basic strength training workout that you can do in the comfort of your own home on a weekly basis is huge. If you do love running, again, keep it up. Go with it. That's awesome. Um I honestly wish I enjoyed running. I actually, I ran cross country when I was in high school. And then after that realized, I was like, wait a second, I guess I didn't really like that. So I decided to move on. But if you love running, you like how you look and you feel good, then by all means, keep doing it. And if not, then keep trying other activities that until you find something that you do enjoy and then find a way to mix in a little bit of strength training. I'm talking 20 minutes once a week and then maybe 20 minutes twice a week and working your way up to it. But uh, very, very simple routines that you can find. Um, actually, if you just Google like nerd fitness beginner bodyweight workout, you can find it very easily. And it's a, it's a workout that you can complete in 20 minutes in your own house. And uh, I think that that would help a lot of people tremendously, especially if they're brand new to this stuff. So if someone's just getting started out with fitness, what are the four or five exercises you'd recommend that they could do for free, like bodyweight stuff? And then yep. maybe they have a gym membership, but they don't know what to do when they're there. What are kind of different those two sure so i'm a huge fan of full body routines so that means like you go into a gym and by the time you walk out of there every muscle in your body has been worked out mm-hmm. um, it makes it super simple that way you don't have to worry about like oh i'm missing a Isolating day and today is arm day and next day is push day and all this it's like 
just do it all, like get them out of the way. And that way your entire body's worked out. And then you get to spend a day recovering by going for a walk or doing whatever. Um, so in that realm, um, keeping, keeping up with all that. So your entire body, you can kind of break it down into three, uh, I guess, kind of four movements. You have your push movements and that'll work like your chest, your shoulders, your triceps. Uh, you have your pull movements, which is work your back, your biceps and your forearms your legs, obviously, and then you have your core, which is your stomach and your lower back. You can essentially work out your entire body with four exercises. And I am a huge fan of doing things like that. So for lower body, if you're using weights, uh, a simple barbell squat where you hold the bar behind you or you do lunges where you hold on to some dumbbells or just do regular dumb, um, just regular lunges without dumbbells, a basic squat or a lunge has worked out your entire lower body and in one, in one exercise. Notice I didn't say like go to a like a leg press machine or a Smith mm -hmm. machine. Free weights only. Don't touch machines unless you have some injury that prevents you from picking up a weight. Uh, machines are actually like the worst thing to happen to to the fitness. In well, it's the best thing to happen to the business of the fitness industry. But in my opinion, weights are the worst thing that's happened to the fitness industry. I'm sorry, uh, weight machines are the worst thing that's happened to the fitness industry. So stick with free weights or just your body weight. Um, so again, legs lunges or squats and you've just worked out every every muscle in your lower body uh for your push movements push-ups there's no greater exercise to work out your chest and your and your triceps than a push-up and if you can't do a push-up on the ground then try it with uh your hands on the back of a bench or your hands against a wall like you can get very very you can kind of scale it up to the particular level that you're on um, yeah, and you can go the other way too if push-ups yep. are too easy you just Put your, put the other way. Yeah, exactly. Put your feet up on a bench or do work towards one-handed push-ups or whatever. There's all sorts of options. Um, and then uh, your pull movements, and this one's a little tricky because not everybody can do a pull-up. In my opinion, the pull-up is the ultimate exercise. Show me somebody that can do a pull-up and I'll show you somebody that's in relatively pretty good shape. Um, however, mo a lot of people cannot do pull-ups, especially if you're just starting out mm -hmm. because it's one of those exercises that most people just never... Um, Unless you train it, you never work those muscles. So you can work up to a pull-up by doing things like a dumbbell row where you hold a dumbbell in your hand, you kind of bent over at the waist, and you pull it up almost like you're starting a lawnmower. And you pick up increasingly heavy weight to work out your back and your biceps. From there, you can work your way up to what's called an inverted row or a bodyweight row. And uh, you know, if you just Google bodyweight row, you'll see a video for it. But that's kind of like the next step below a pull-up. And then once you get really good at those, then you can work your way up to doing actual pull-ups. But as soon as you can do an actual pull-up, in my opinion, you then have every single thing that you need to build an incredible body. Uh, and something that, you know, you can build um, a physique that you're happy with and you can get in incredible shape and, and it doesn't cost you anything. So uh, those are things you can definitely work towards. And again, you know, I have free resources for all these things on the site. Um, I, have, I have two quick things about pull-ups. One, yeah. um, I've used like strength bands that you hang over a pull-up bar yep. that add weight. So if you can't do a full one on your own, or if you're just so tired because you've done so many, you can keep mm -hmm. going. Yeah, assisted um, bands. Those are great. And I like those a lot better than using like an assisted pull-up machine. Because oh, that I was my of, second question of what you thought that, of those. They're okay. I mean, I definitely I definitely like that better than like a mechanical pull-down machine mm -hmm. um, because you're still manipulating your body weight. However, because you're standing on a platform, it kind of takes out a lot you're of that stabilized. stabilization. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you have like a exercise band and your foot's in it, like your body is still wobbling, uh, which is which is actually really helpful because you're learning balance and you're building all those extra little tiny muscle fibers in between your big muscles to help learn stability and muscle balance and, and all of these things. So uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the assistant band uh, for doing pull-ups. And, and those then, are anywhere from like $25 to $35, depending on which thickness you need. And like a pull-up bar to put in your door frame at your house is 20, like 20 30 bucks. bucks. So yeah, Amazon.com, you can find one for sure. For under 50 bucks, like that's the cost of a month at a gym. If you just did pull-ups and push-ups and squats and yep. was there a fourth one you were still getting? Uh, yeah, I was going to say a plank. Um, oh, gotcha. You know, you're down on all fours or I'm sorry, you know, you're, you're, you keep your whole body on a head, head to your toes is 100% rigid. You're resting on your elbows, and and it works both your your stomach and your lower back, and it helps build up that stabilizer core area of you that you know kind of goes unused when you spend all day sitting in a chair. So, 
really helpful. I think it's really beneficial for especially people that spend all day sitting down because these muscles go unused. So a simple workout using those four exercises, do one set of each without stopping and then start the process over again. Do that three times and, and 20 minutes, you're going to be exhausted and, and your muscles are going to be well worked out. Mm-hmm. And then what, what's one of your go-to um, healthy foods to make when you're like in a rush? Do you do something with eggs, like make some sort of like omelet or scramble or something? I or? wish, honestly, dude, I don't like eggs, which is unfortunate because <laughs> I know how good they are for me. And I'm just not a fan of, I'm just not a fan of them. Um, my go-to, good question. I have, I'm a huge fan of, uh, I can make like a pretty mean uh, vegetable stir fry, uh, which I can do under 15 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. you get, you, you chop up the chicken, you stick it in the pan, you add some sesame sauce or, or even olive oil. Um, and then you chop up some vegetables, you even just, you can just chicken and broccoli. And then you, and then you throw some almonds or some other, some other nice food, uh, some other, uh, you know, almonds or walnuts or something. And, and then some salt and pepper and, and you get yourself a pretty decent meal, like cooked up within 10, 15 minutes. Like it doesn't take very long at all. So mm. that's a, that's a, that's an option there for if I, if I have to like really go, if I have like three minutes, uh, I would make probably like a protein shake. Um, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll uh, scoop or two a protein, mix in some frozen strawberries, frozen spinach, and, uh, some other, some other things. And all of a sudden I have like a decent five, 600 calorie smoothie. And again, you know, sometimes my goal is to often put on weight. So I need to find more healthy calories and a big area for me on that would be, uh, building like a, a high calorie protein shake or something, which I can make in three minutes and drink in five minutes. Okay. So I have two more questions. One is bring them on Caleb. Bring them what on. What are your second. future plans for nerd fitness? You were future telling me about some of these. So I yeah, want to um, talk we're going to move, we're going to move our home base to the moon. I think, <laughs> um, is probably going to be the biggest, the biggest stretch for us. I don't know. We're in, we're in, we're in, we're in talks with Richard Branson and Virgin Galactic to make that happen. So I think uh, didn't uh, Newt Gingrich say he wanted a moon base too. <laughs> so probably you could partner with him. Perfect. Yeah. Me and Newt. Right. Um, so uh, let's see, nerd fitness plans. Well, next week or the week after that, we're actually getting ready to submit our second iPhone app to the App Store. And this one, we're going after a different revenue model than the first one. So the first one was like a, a, a 99 cent app and you bought it and that was pretty much it. This next one, we're going a lot more involved with it where you will, it's going to be a free app specifically dedicated to nerd fitness. So you'll be able to read old articles, watch motivational videos, read new motivational quotes, et cetera, et cetera. And you'll also be able to track your progress, write down your weight, take pictures. And then you'll also be able to complete workouts. Like, like that workout I just described to you, like there is going to be different sections for like barbell workouts, dumbbell workouts, bodyweight workouts. And when you click mm-hmm. on bodyweight workouts, it'll hold your hand through the entire process where each screen tells you what to do. It'll have a description, a picture, and then you can click on a video demonstration. And then you just click the next button and it'll tell you exactly what to do next and tracks all your workouts and things like that. So I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, it's been in development for probably about two months and uh, can't wait to get that submitted and see how it does. So the revenue model for that, we're going to go with make it free and then some workouts will be free and then we'll add uh, new workouts that people can then purchase for additional mm-hmm. money if they're interested. Along with that, we're developing our next ebook, which is going to be a women's fitness guide, uh, specifically um, as a result of Stacy, who is a full-time nerd fitness team member. Uh, she has one of the most successful success stories and one of the better transformations I've ever seen. And as a result of that, her article, like she's kind of become like this superhero to so many women all over the world. So, and the best part is she did it by heavy strength training. Like Stacy weighs like 140 pounds and deadlifts 380, I think. Like Jeez. some astronomical figure. Yeah, it is unbelievable. And she looks like every woman wants to look. And she did it by heavy strength training and, and proper eating. So letting people know like, hey, it's okay. You're not going to get bulky. Like there is no amount of weightlifting you can do especially as a lady, to get bulky unless you are specifically overeating and or taking supplements. Like it's just just not possible. So mm-hmm. I'm excited with that. And then our big thing that we're going to be announcing, uh, probably not for a couple months, but uh, we're getting ready to work on what we're calling Camp Nerd Fitness. And it's going to be a summer camp of sorts um, that essentially, well, it will take place 
in a summer camp, but it won't be during the summer because all the kids will be using it then. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be spring of 2014, but essentially I want to have like this fitness educational seminar slash conference that also has all of the really cool things from camp and then all of the cool things that nerd fitness can bring too. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have like instruction on, on proper lifting techniques and, and proper eating. We'll have, a, I'll have a chef there and they'll, you know, prepare healthy meals, but then we'll also have like video game competitions and there's like rock climbing walls and water gun fights and water balloon fights and, and live um, action role-playing games, live action role. play. Oh yeah, dude, we were totally mixing all that. <laughs> like all of those things that you wish you could do now, but don't have enough people in the same place to do it. Like we're going to the flag and stuff like that. capture the flag. Oh man. And I'm sure there will be like settlers to Catan, like, you know, tournaments going down in corners in this place. Like it's going to be, it's going to be so nerdy and so awesome. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. Like that's, that's going to be, uh, like I said, it probably, we probably won't announce that for a couple months. Um, but we did put out a survey to the nerd fitness email list a couple months ago, asking them about if they're interested and, and what time of year would work and, and, and whatever. Uh, so we actually went and scouted out a location for the camp last week and just came away absolutely, absolutely excited. And, uh, you know, I can't, I can't officially commit to that place place yet, just in case we have another location or yeah. stumble across something else. But I'm hoping it's this one, honestly, because it, uh, it looks like it has everything I've, everything we wanted, like ropes courses and rock climbing walls and a pond yeah. with canoes and, uh, huge dining halls and hotels, both hotel rooms and bunks for the people that want either a more luxury experience or those that want to hang wanna out in bunks. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I think, and it's funny, I think I'm going to have to like stick myself in one of the bunks. I'll just be like, Oh yeah, what's up guys. I'm rooming with you, you know? So just to, <laughs> just to get the full experience, I think that would make it a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll see. It should be, it should be really interesting. Those are the, um, three big projects. And then the fourth project, which I know you will be a part of kind of, on uh, the next couple of weeks, um, I'll be headed to San Francisco and we're going to get a chance to hang out and Dirt Fitness is going to get a, I guess, technically a makeover. Uh, it's going to get a, you know, a little facelift and and the branding is going to be a little bit more unified and make it easier for people to find some some things that we've done. So it's kind of fun now, like going from initially starting, which was, can I afford to eat tomorrow? to like, okay, I think I can afford to pay rent next month. So now it's like, okay, Nerd Fitness is doing well. How can I reinvest all these profits into future projects that can then diversify what we're generating and allow us to, uh, allow us to really enjoy, uh, you know, this, this, this community that we've built. Oh, geez. And I didn't even mention Rising Heroes, did I? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Lots going on. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, as we, as we said before, totally scatterbrained. I have like, I come up with a million ideas and I finished like three of them. Uh, but this other idea that this other actually thing that's actually in like pretty serious development is a game we're calling rising heroes. It's like a fitness program slash, uh, role-playing game where like take, essentially you're turning your real life into a game and you'll complete quests in real life and you'll earn experience points and items. And there's a story backstory that goes with the whole thing. And it's awesome because it's so nerdy and I got a chance to just really geek out on writing a backstory for this thing with like mm-hmm. or, uh, orcs and elves and dwarves and, and, uh, ancient evil and, you know, all these, all these great things and, um, just had an absolute blast with that. So we actually have a couple hundred beta testers using it now and we're hopeful we can get, uh, start getting more people on that interest list in starting in, uh, I'm going to say May. Yeah. So probably like another month and then we'll start letting some more people in. And then you level up through like exercises and doing specific things. Yeah, like- so like we'll have very specific quests. So it'll say like, okay, there's uh, um, hopefully eventually we'll have like geo-based quests and things like that too. But to to start, it'll be like, oh, here's a here's a part of a story, and you need to complete this particular workout in order to get the rest of that story. Mm-hmm. And that story, when you complete it and come back and log your workout, you're logging on your phone. Um, you'll then gain experience points, maybe a new title for your character, plus one strength, and you'll earn a new sword that you only get by completing that particular quest mm-hmm. or something. So really nerdy really stuff nerdy. that, oh man, <laughs> I love. Like, dude, I, I didn't mention this before, but I was such a huge uh, EverQuest gamer. And EverQuest is like the nerdier game that came before World of Warcraft. And while I was um, concepting the idea for nerd fitness, I was dedicating all of my free time to playing EverQuest and it wasn't until my computer blew up on me and I couldn't afford to fix it and my it was my homemade computer like I had overclocked it and 
I had like a box fan pumping air into it to try to keep it cool. And <laughs> while I was playing EverQuest, the fan turned uh, something happened and I fried the motherboard and couldn't afford to fix it. So then I said, all right, I'm not playing another online game until Nerd Fitness has made its first dollar. And then 18 <laughs> months, 18 months later, I put the ebook out and I walk up the hill to my buddy's apartment who was also played EverQuest with me. And he had a, a shot of what was it? I don't know. A shot of Jack Daniels, a beer, and an EverQuest install disc waiting for me. <laughs> going, we've been waiting 18 months for you. The internet's been waiting for you. The internet has been waiting for me. So I stuck around and played a little bit. But honestly, at that point, it already got to the point where I was realizing that um, nerd fitness, uh, leveling up myself in real life was becoming more enjoyable to me than leveling up a character. Though I still play games from time to time. Like I just beat God of War uh, the other day, and mm. I'm now going to be playing God of War 2 uh once we finish getting this iphone app submitted so that's like i can't let myself play that until um so you use it more as a, like a reward to bait yourself to yeah because if i don't do it i will sit there i will sit there for 10 hours man because now that i'm my own boss there's nobody to tell me that i can't play <laughs> you know like there's nobody to tell me that I, there's nobody to tell me to stop and there's no job i need to go to and there's nothing other than oh i'll just play that next little section so mm. uh yeah i'm try i try to avoid that because i i can get sucked in pretty easily uh so i try to i try to push my addictive personality towards productive things and then unwind with some some games on the side uh to make sure i keep up my nerd cred you know it's like market research so that's <laughs> what that's part what of I, the job yeah, yeah that's what I, that's what i explain when I when I expense my PlayStation and things, it's like market research. I got to know what Ezio <laughs> did in uh, you know Assassin's Creed Two or does he have uh, to write about it? Connor did in Assassin's Creed Three. Absolutely, I got to write it. If I'm going to write about it, I got to play it. So uh, yeah, man, uh, probably probably one of the better perks of having Nerd Fitness as my business. I get to have some pretty damn cool business expenses. <laughs> so what would be uh, one piece of advice you'd give to either an aspiring entrepreneur or a current entrepreneur that's kind of struggling? Um. Great question. Honestly, I think I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two things. One, it's very important to do something that you're incredibly passionate about. And passion is one of those loaded words because everybody's mm -hmm. like, Oh, just follow your passion and make a bunch of money. Like that's what the second part of my, my, my piece of advice is going to be. Yes. It's very important to, to be working on something that you really enjoy because you're going to be putting in a lot of long hours for very little payoff up front. So if you're not enjoying it, then you're not going to last very long and you're going to get bummed out at the first sign of adversity. Mm -hmm. um, and that's easy to... So find something that makes you feel alive and that's what you need to be working on. Caveat to that, your passion also needs to... That passion also needs to overlap in that Venn diagram with a topic that people are struggling with or something that people are willing to part with their hard-earned money mm -hmm. in order to pay you to help them solve their problem with that thing. So... Um, you know, for me, it was very simple. It's like, I'm a huge nerd and I love nerdy stuff, but I love helping people get healthy. And sure enough, there are a lot of unhealthy nerds out there. So that was an easy demographic. You know, it's funny looking back now, like it seems so simple at the time, there weren't any other fitness websites out there dedicated to nerds. Now they're mm -hmm. popping up all over the place, um, which I guess is kind of cool. Uh, but you know, if you don't, once you, once you kind of starting to figure out what it is that you're working on, make sure you're helping solve somebody's problem. And if you're taking away somebody's pain or providing them with pleasure, you know, one or the other, they would be willing to pay you for it. And the greater the pain that you're solving, the more money they'd be willing to, they'd be willing you to pay. So identify those things and try to figure out what people are struggling with and what you're kind of uniquely qualified to, to provide help with help for. And if you can make that lineup with something that you really enjoy and, or, or find a way to incorporate something that you really enjoy into that thing that you're helping them with. Um, and then I think you're going to have a much better chance of succeeding than if you were just like, well, this demographic looks like I could be a good fit for it. And I'm going to do this because I know people make money in it. Like that's not, that's not very helpful. And unfortunately you're going to give up much sooner than if you had picked something that was like, this is something I really believe in and something I'm very fired up about and something I can't wait to, can't wait to continue working on. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be very less likely to jump ship and try some other idea because I mean, if you're working on the thing that you're passionate about, I mean, you might like tweak what you're doing a little bit, mm -hmm. like change directions just slightly, but you're not going to completely change for some hot new thing that's popular and to right. try to just get rich quick. So, oh yeah, dude, nerd fitness has definitely definitely shifted over the course of the past four years, but it's always stayed true to like I'm a nerd and I like helping people get healthy. Like, let's find a way to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I don't think fitness was ever really a true passion of mine, like helping people get, but nerd culture and nerd things and, and being really excited about those things allowed me to get excited about fitness. And now like, I, I love, I love hearing success stories and I love inspiring people and motivating people and seeing how people change and develop and things like that. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Steve. Kim, it's my pleasure, sir. All the, the honor is all on this side of the United States, on this side of the Mississippi. Um, and I guess I will see you, uh, what, next, next two weeks? A couple weeks, like yeah. I'll see you in a couple weeks in San Fran, man. All right, I'll see you then. Yeah, take care, man. I appreciate it. Bye. Hey, everyone. So I hope you enjoyed that talk with Steve. Uh, we covered a lot of different stuff. You can check out the show notes if you go to pocketchange.com slash 16. That should take you to any links that he mentioned or anything we talked about on this episode. So next week, I'm going to be sitting down with Thomas Frank, who's the founder of College Info Geek. And we talk about how he was able to pay off his debt from college while he was still in college by building a blog and by monetizing it. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pocket Changed Cubicle Renegade podcast at www.pocketchanged.com. To read this episode's show notes or check out other sessions, head over to cubiclerenegade.com. 